朋友们，大家好。Hello, friends. Welcome to Spiritual Wai Mai. 欢迎来到属灵外卖 ，delivering the spiritual food to you wherever you are. 无论你在何处，我们为你速递属天灵粮。This spiritual Wai Mai is a part of a series entitled "Mission Accomplished: The Mission of Jesus Christ, as Told by Matthew and Now Lived Out by You and Me." A late night gathering. After his arrest in the Garden of Gethsemane, all of the disciples deserted him. Late that night, Jesus was brought to the home of Caiaphas, where all of the religious leaders had gathered. What were all of these leaders doing together so late in the night at Caiaphas's house? They were expectantly waiting for their dark hour. Matthew chapter twenty-six verses fifty-seven to sixty-eight. Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin. Were looking for false evidence against Jesus, so that they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, "This fellow said, 'I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days.'" Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, "Are you not going to answer? What is this testimony that these men are bringing against you?" Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, "I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God." "You have said so," Jesus replied. "But I say to all of you, from now on you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven." Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, "He has spoken blasphemy." Why do we need any more witnesses? Look, now you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death. They answered. Then they spit on his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him and said, "Prophesy to us, Messiah, who hit you?" The religious leaders accomplished their first challenge: capture and arrest Jesus. They had seen him every day in the temple, yet they waited until the cover of darkness, when the city, who had just cheered Jesus's entrance into Jerusalem, was fast asleep. In this darkness, they came to their second challenge: accusation. How to accuse Jesus? How could they accuse the perfect Son of God? Their only tactic. To intimidate and lie, they finally found a plausible false witness claiming Jesus had said, "I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days." They demanded Jesus respond. Was the claim from the witness true or false? It is interesting to note that the misquote was from yet another episode when Jesus was challenged by the religious leaders. Apparently, the religious leaders on the dark night of Jesus' arrest had forgotten what Jesus had actually said. Let's go back to that moment early in Jesus' ministry to read what he had actually said. 
John chapter 2, verses 18 to 22. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. The false witnesses slightly altered the quote and claimed Jesus said, I will destroy this temple. In actuality, his words were, destroy this temple. The enemy twisted Jesus' words to be something that would support the accusation. Therefore, Jesus did not respond to the false witnesses and Caiaphas. Why should he? When the enemy brings forth accusing lies, do what Jesus did. Be silent. Don't agree. Don't defend. Don't justify yourself. And don't accept it. Just ignore. Jesus did not respond to this lie, nor was he intimidated. Jesus speaks. When the high priest asked Jesus a second question, I charge you under the oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus answered. Why did he answer this time? This question was not linked to a lie, and Jesus respected the authority of the office of the high priest. Therefore, Jesus spoke the truth about himself. He called himself the Son of Man coming on the clouds. In the Old Testament, Daniel had a vision of a son of man. Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The high priest Caiaphas clearly understood that Jesus was identifying himself as the Messiah and tore his clothes in protest and looked to others for approval. What if at this moment Caiaphas had paused and received the truth that Jesus indeed was the Son of God? but he did not. He rather looked to his teammates to help him make the final decision. He asked them, what do you think? And the rest of the group made the pronouncement, he is worthy of death. In the meantime, Peter was valiantly following at a distance. He kept his eye on Jesus. When the others fled, Peter went straight to Caiaphas's house. But his bravery left him the moment he, like Jesus, was accused. Matthew chapter 26 verses 69 to 75. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You also were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, Surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. 
Then he began to call down curses, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately, a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. The accusations build. Three times Peter was tested with an accusation. Each testing became more difficult and Peter's denial firmer. Accusation number one. A servant girl came directly to Peter, possibly in a private conversation, stated, You also were with Jesus. Peter deflected the statement the way many of us might, neither confirm nor deny, and said, I don't know what you're talking about. How often have you been in a situation where you don't want to answer, so instead of telling a lie, you pretend like you didn't know anything? Accusation number two. Now, another servant girl not only addresses Peter, but also addresses all those gathered in the gateway. This time, Peter has to not only defend himself to a servant girl, why did he care about a servant girl? but also to all the onlookers. These people, by the way, were probably not officials that could cause Peter any problems. Maybe they were just curious citizens or servants of Caiaphas's home. After this girl publicly accused Peter, his denial became more forceful, and he even used an oath to back up his claim to not even know Jesus. Accusation number three. This final accusation come f came from many people who had observed Peter and listened to his speech. Maybe he'd been chatting with the crowd, trying to build his case that he really didn't know Jesus. Whatever happened, his accent gave him away as a Galilean. This final accusation was too much for Peter. He responded by calling down curses and swearing to them that he did not know Jesus. Suddenly, the rooster crowed. Morning was dawning, and so was the revelation of what Peter had done. He had denied his Lord three times. The Gospel of Luke includes a gut-wrenching detail in the account of this bitter story. Eye contact. Luke chapter 22, verses 61 to 62. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the words the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Jesus locked eyes with Peter. Peter could not bear it, and he abandoned his master. I can imagine this was to become one of Peter's greatest life regrets. What if Peter has, had used his Lord's tactic of how to handle accusation? What if Peter had remained silent? But there are no what-ifs in life. We can learn from this heartbreaking scene. When the accusations come, trust the Father to protect and lead you. Look to him alone, not the accuser. Wait for your deliverance from the hand of God. Psalm chapter 38, verses 20 to 22. Those who repay my good with evil lodge accusations against me. Though I seek only to do what is good, Lord, do not forsake me. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly to help me, my Lord and my Savior. More remorse. As Peter went away, weeping bitterly, another disciple observed the unfolding of the drama and deeply regretted his part in the treachery against Jesus. In the meantime, the sleepless religious leaders continued early in the morning to make their plans to advance to the legal judicial trial with Pilate.
Matthew 27, verses 1 to 10. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and the elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priests picked up the coins and said, It is against the law to put this into the treasury since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field, as the Lord commanded me. Had Judas been following closely the arrest and accusations of Jesus? How did he know all that was unfolding? Had he lingered at Caiaphas's house like Peter, but hidden in the shadows? By morning, Judas knew the fate of Jesus and was seized with remorse. He returned to the leaders, confessed, and was rejected. With no hope, Judas ended his life. When there is no hope, some cannot go on living. Both Peter and Judas had great remorse over their actions that night. One denied, one betrayed. One wanted to protect his reputation, one wanted money. One was motivated by fear, the other by greed. One looked straight into the eyes of Jesus. The other kissed his cheek. One wept bitterly and went into hiding. The other tragically killed himself. Three days later, Peter ran to see the empty tomb with his own eyes. And days later, met the risen Christ who reinstated Peter as a leader among the disciples. During the three days of waiting, Peter must have held on to some hope that compelled him to run to the tomb and seek Christ. Judas had lost all hope and had nowhere to run. Friends, with Christ, we always have hope. There is always forgiveness, no matter how deep the regret. If you have ever lost hope and considered ending it all, remember Peter on to a glimmer of hope. When he heard from the women that Jesus had risen, he didn't run away in shame for what he had done. He ran forward in hope to the only one who could forgive and accept him. Jesus welcomes home the remorseful, the bitter, the ashamed. He gives hope and new life. The accuser will speak lies to condemn you. Jesus speaks truth to bring you life. Jesus is our great hope. One day he will return just as he said to Caiaphas on the clouds and we will be with him. Is there any other greater hope? 1 Thessalonians 4, 17. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Our hope is in Jesus. With him, the best is yet to come.
Thanks for having some spiritual limey with us. 感谢你今天属灵外卖。We hope that you liked it and that it fed your soul. 希望你喜欢，令你满足。And we hope you come back for some more. 期待你再次回来。We love ya. 我们爱你哟、哦。